We praise your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. God cares. You know, so many times we can feel overlooked. Have you ever felt overlooked? Overlooked by family, overlooked by friends, overlooked by situation. David was in a lifestyle of being overlooked by his father. He was a shepherd, which was the least recognized, the least important job. And even when the prophet Samuel came to his house one day and said, I want to anoint the next king, God has sent me to your house. He said, I need to anoint one of your sons. And so what did Jesse do? He got them all except for David. And praise God for the, for the voice of God, even in the Old Testament. The prophets, could, I mean, the only three anointed positions in the Old Testament was the king, priest, and prophet. And as Samuel began to stand before them in the moment, I learned from Brother Ted that, you know, sometimes that gift operates. You have to be in the moment. God doesn't always give you all the details. God just told Samuel, I want you to go to that house, and this is what I need you to do anoint one of the sons, but it wasn't until he stood before the sons. Some of us are wanting God to give us very detailed directions before we even get close to it, but sometimes you got to be in it. That's for somebody. Sometimes you got to be standing at the door before you hear the voice of God say, not that one. Come on, somebody. And Samuel stood before the, the sons of Jesse, and he was like, nope, not that one, not this one, and finally, oh, it must be that one. And And God spoke to him and said, nope, you look to the outside. I look to the heart. That's not the one either. I've rejected him. And he came to the end of his list. Have you ever come to the end of your list before? And you thought, okay, God, what now? But, you know, I'm just thankful that, that the end of our list is not the end of God's list. And when we think, okay, God, I'm out of options, yeah, I know you're going to bless me, but I talked to my boss, I talked to my neighbor, I talked to my friend, I, 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 and you're like, I'm out of options. God's saying that you're out of your options. It's not done. And Samuel said, okay, Lord, what's going on? And so he, he said to Jesse, do you have any more? It's like going back to the well. I'm going to go back to this one more time. I asked you once, and you brought a few of your sons, and I assumed you brought them all. But let me just clarify. Sometimes we have to get a little more clarity on the situation. And he said, do you have any more? And I don't know about you, but back in those days when the prophet showed up, if he, was to, if he began to prophesy uh, doom and gloom, that means judgment was coming on you, and it was a bad thing. I mean, people would run out to meet the prophet before he got into a city and said, have you come for good things or you come to judge us? So I can only imagine what Jesse felt in the moment when the prophet came back to him and said, basically, have you not telling me everything? What are you hiding from me? What are you holding back? Let me just help you out to all our new young believers and sometimes to our veterans have been saved. It's always good not to hold back from God. This is just not talking about money. This is about the attitude of your heart. Some of us want God to, we want you to, I I need you to work on this area of my life. Jesus, make this area better. Fix my finances, but don't don't mess with my attitude. Come on, somebody. Some of the times we get back to God, and he's going to say, have you held some stuff out? And so I don't know what Jesse was thinking, but I can tell you it probably was an OMG before there was an OMG. And Samuel said, do you have any more sons? And he probably shifted his weight a little bit and probably thought, oh, no, what am I going to do? And he, he said, uh, Greg Bruce translation, and he said, yes, I have another son. Go get him. And I think it's interesting that in that text, and this is not even the intro to the message. This is just in the moment. And in that, the text, Samuel says, we will not sit down or eat or do anything until you go get him. There's some things that's important. 
that it needs to change our routine, change our schedule. Sometimes let us go hungry a little bit because it's so important that the agenda of God must take priority over the agenda of man. Sometimes it, it's okay to have our routine. Well, I'm used to doing this at this time. And God said, well, what I have for you is so more important than what you're trying to do. I got to move you out of your routine to get you in destiny. And he said, go get him. We're not going to sit down. We're not going to eat until you bring him here. And when he brought him here, the spirit of God said to Samuel the prophet, that's the one anointing him. David was overlooked by man, and I don't know who I'm talking to today, and maybe you have felt overlooked by the world, overlooked by family, overlooked by parents, overlooked by people that should have been the encourager in your life, and they became the discourager, overlooked by opportunities, and you start thinking, all I am stuck in the area of my life is this area that's been defined by somebody else. Have you ever felt like it? Maybe you felt like the government's holding you back. Maybe you felt like your education's holding you back. Maybe you felt like people have held you back. Maybe you felt like your boss has held you back. But I have a word for you today. When God is on your side, there is nobody that can be against you. If God be for you, if God be for you, who can be against you? Come on, you are not overlooked. He cares about the details of your life. Give him a praise if you received that. If that's for you, give him a praise. Come on, you got to pull this stuff down out of the realm of God. If that's for you, give him a praise. Not to make a noise, not to try to make me feel better, not to join the crowd. But the reality of that's for me, I need that for me. I'm going to step out of feeling overlooked and step into, I am the apple of my heavenly father's eye. You are the apple of your heavenly father's eye, even if you don't know it, but you can know it. And when you begin to understand it, you'll begin to walk a little different because this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Can I get an amen? He loves you so much. You are of such great value. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. I said he loves you so much. And we don't have to think that we're overlooked. God knows the details. He wants to use us. He wants to bless us. We just got to be available for him to use us, even if it's out of the routine of our normalcy. Sometimes you got to say, I know I wanted to do this, but I'm going to go do this because God's placed this on my heart. I might miss lunch. I might... Miss my, you know, back in the day, you would miss TV shows. Nowadays, everything's on demand. So you don't have that as an excuse anymore. Well, I don't want to miss my favorite show. Sometimes we need to miss the, our favorite shows. Come on, somebody. And obey God. Hallelujah. Our, Psalms 25, verse 4. It says, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you do I wait all day long. Let me open with prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for truth. We thank you for the leading of the Holy Spirit. Guide and direct us today. Let our eyes be open, our ears sensitive to hear. Let our hearts be receptive to receive from heaven what heaven has for us today. I thank you, Father God, that you see each and every one of us. You know our hearts, our lives, where we're at. You know the details, and you care about those details. So I ask, Father God, that everyone under the sound of my voice, that today you would do something for them that is so detailed that others might not think it's important, but it's a reminder to them how much you love them. Whatever it might be. But when you do it, I just ask it to be reminded to their heart, 
the word details. That my, God, my heavenly father loves me. And he loves the details. Bless your people. Bless your people today. We give you praise, Lord Jesus. And everyone said. Amen. Psalms 25 has been our key verse in this series. Show me your path, O Lord. Teach me thy, thy ways, thy paths. Lead me in thy truth. Teach me for you are the God of my salvation. On you do I wait. We have been doing a series called The Alignment with God's Assignment. God has an assignment of purpose for all of us. And we have to learn to get into that alignment. Get in the alignment of God's assignment. I really believe we are in the last of the last days, but I, need, I, I also feel in my heart that human tendency in the church world is for us to do our assignment and pray and God ask for God to bless our assignment. God, I'm getting ready to start a business. I need you to bless it. God, I'm getting ready to do this. I need you to bless it. God, I got these things I need to take care of today. I need you to bless it. And yet, we struggle sometimes because what we do is we do what we want to do and we want God to bless it. And you say, what's wrong with that? It, there's nothing wrong with it, but I think it's, it's at a level that God has something greater. When you begin to say, God, I'm going to open up my life. I want to do what you're blessing today. I want to do your will today. One of the phrases God placed in my spirit years ago when I was praying is I'm putting into action the plans of God. You'd wake up and say, Father, I thank you for this day. Today I am putting into action the plans of God. I want to do what you want me to do today. Because sometimes we get ahead of God. Sometimes we get behind God. Sometimes we don't even know where God's at. And all we want God to do is to bless us no matter what we are doing. And we climb ladders and find out when we get to the top it's been leaning on the wrong building. And wonder why life is not fulfilling, why we're not seeing the joy, the success. And I think it's a key of just backing away and saying, Lord, I need to get into alignment with your assignment for my life. Jesus was that way. He said, I didn't come to do my will, but the will of the Father. The words I speak, the, act, the, the miracles you're seeing, it's the Father. I see him do it. I hear him speak it. I am doing it. That is a complete alignment with the will of the Father. Some of us think the, that the assignment that God has for us is always about the end of our life. Well, what am I going to do for a career? What am I going to do? Uh, what's the, what is the pinnacle? What is the peak? What is the top? That's the goal. That's, that's the assignment from God. But today I want to change things up because we've, we've broken down that phrase of get into the alignment with God's assignment by three different pillars, you can say, three different ingredients. We talked about the, of those three ingredients, do you remember what they are? How you doing, Mother Love? She said, yes, I appreciate you, Mother Love. What are they? Direction? Say direction. direction. We need God's direction in life. That doesn't mean you're looking for voices. Can God speak to you clearly like he did Samson? Yes, but not at the beginning phases. you got to understand the word of God because if you don't obey the written word of God, you'll not obey the spoken word of God. Amen? Amen. Good to have you with us. Keep him in check. <laughs> I'm joking. We need direction. Last week we talked about, and also we found out that the direction of God will always be in alignment with the word of God and always be a confirmation to what the Holy Spirit's been dealing with us. We need to say, I need direction. The Word of God says every man's ways are right in their own eyes, but God judges. Say, I need direction. We've all been there, said, if I only knew then what I know now, I would have done things differently. I need direction. Come on, say, I, I need direction. We all need direction. Nobody's exempt from that. 
We give it our best. We think we know. Have you ever thought, I knew exactly I was right. I was positive. I was right. I was going for it because I knew I was right. And I got in the middle and I found out I was wrong. We need direction. And it comes from the word of God. Psalms 119, the entrance of his word gives light, gives understanding. God will guide us. David said, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We need direction. And the direction, the power of the Holy Spirit in that word as we obey it creates, last week we talked about a demand. Say demand. Isaiah 55, 10, it talks about that it makes the earth produce. The power, the power of the direction when we obey it releases God to do what only God can do. Praise God that we're not responsible to do the impossible. We're just responsible to do the instruction. God does the impossible. God's the one who raises the dead, stops the storm, casts out the demon. God's the one. It's his power. It's not ours. All we have to do is obey the instruction. If you believe, you'll see it. What was that? You had to obey the instruction. That was tied to the believing with Mary Martha at Lazarus' tomb. So we have direction, we have demand, and we have destination. And again, I don't want us to think of destination today as my ultimate goal. If you're at a younger age, you're probably thinking, God's destination, here's my, here's my life goal, here's my assignment, here's the, here's the epitome, here's the purpose. But I want to bring that back a little more into the details. Why? Because God cares about the details. We think macro, God thinks macro, but also generationally and micro. He thinks details. Say details. And I want to talk about the daily, the daily. We need not only divine direction, we need the power of God's demand, but we have to also understand to get in alignment of God's assignment that we need to have the ability to have a daily destination. If I was going to title today's message, I would say Daily Divine Destinations. This is not get up and force something. This is not get up and do your checklist of things. This is get, getting up and having a different attitude about the day. Sure, you have things you have to take care of. I'm not saying don't have any responsibility. I'm not saying, oh, you, you didn't feel God tell you to go to work, so just skip work. No, you're about to lose your job and wish you had a job. But notice that verse again in Psalms. David said, I wait on you all day long. It can be interpreted two different ways. One way, and I'm not saying it's wrong, is I'm going to spend time and wait on God because I need to find God. Another one is not, I'm waiting all day for God to direct me, but the idea that I'm going to be open for God all day. One of the things we did with these Tag by God wristbands is encourage you to win them, excuse me, encourage you to wear them, and that wearing them, it reminds you of the goodness of God. But in wearing it, you also have the attitude of, Lord, use me today to tag somebody. I'm not going to try to force it. I'm not going to try to figure it out. I just want to live the routine of my life. And, Lord, you create the opportunity and move upon my heart, and I will step into the opportunity. That's what we're talking about. Say daily, daily. divine daily. directions. Because God can direct your steps. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. He cares about the details. I've had times 
when I was first learning this many years ago, and I would get into a routine, and routines are good, disciplines are good, but I'd have a time where I was working at the office, this when my dad was still pastoring, and I was a youth pastor and associate pastor, and I remember I had my times and my routines, I'm like, okay, it's time for me to go up into the, the prayer room and spend time praying, and I remember one time the Holy Spirit tugged at my heart, don't go pray, and you know what I thought? Get behind me, Satan. And I thought, oh, I need to pray. i got to pray at this time. i got to pray. And I believe in praying. Prayer is so important. Not just saying, God, I need, but fellowshipping with God and praying in the Spirit. So important. But in my experience, I, I was like, oh, I need to go pray. And I started to go toward the prayer room, and I had a tug on my spirit. Don't go pray. And I'm like, that can't be of God. And finally, the Holy Spirit kept on working on me. You know, we're all growing. Say, I'm growing. I'm growing. We should all be growing. We're all, we should all be learning. If you find a perfect person, it, they're either Jesus, and if they're not Jesus, step away quietly, because there's nobody perfect but Jesus, amen? And if it, is, if it is Jesus, you're in heaven, so don't worry about anything else. And if you're not in heaven, then that's not Jesus. I don't care what they say. And finally, I just said, all right, Lord, I don't know why. I'm going to go back to my desk. I don't know why you don't want me to pray. I don't understand this. Prayer is important. Everybody needs to pray. I need to pray. And all of a sudden, as I'm sitting there kind of debating with God, the phone rang. And I answered the phone. And there was a person on the other side that needed prayer. And I had an opportunity to minister to someone in the moment that they needed God. Why? Because there's a human tendency of us taking the details and micromanaging God. Okay, God, here's this box, here's this box, here's my routine, here's what I'm going to do. And if we're not careful, we will, we will go to an extreme where we're not open for God to use us. One of the things, even in our free grocery store, we've seen God just do something amazing from it being a food pantry to uh, the drive up and that we'd put it in the, the, their trunk to all of a sudden where we put out tables and they'd come get it. Now it's a, basically a full-fledged, if you're a guest with us, it is like a full-fledged grocery store. Uh, and just seeing God work that out because what was on our heart is not only to meet the needs of people, but to restore dignity in people when they're going through a hard time. And we even tell people, even if you don't need uh, even if you don't need food, go get some and take it to your neighbor and just let them know why. It's, it's important to minister to people and love them with no strings attached. If you're a guest, that's our rhythm around here. We don't say, I'm giving you groceries. I'll see you at church. I'll pick you up next Sunday. Well, I don't know if I can make it. Mm, put them back. Put them back. We don't do that to people. That's not, can you imagine? Put them back. Going up to their kid, get that cookie out of your mouth. Spit it out. Spit it Some of you know what I'm talking about because your parents did that to you with your kid. Spit it out. That's not yours. It's like no one's going to eat it after they still. Anyway. No, we, what do we do? We love people. No strings attached because the love of God is the greatest seed. It's the love of God that leads people to repentance, the Bible says. We just love people. What if they never come to church? Well, that's between them and God. And we'll keep loving them and maybe keep meeting their need or keep praying. But, or what if they go to another church? Well, if we're part of the miracle, I'd rather get the reward of being a part of the miracle than one that blows it up and there is no miracle. Paul says one man plants, another man waters, but God gives the increase. We're into doing what God wants us to do, kingdom-minded, big-picture-minded. And how does that happen? By being available to daily divine Directions. Being open for God to use us. Being open for God to use us. Being open for God to use us. 
Galatians 5 says, at the latter part of the verse, Galatians 5, verse 6, but faith works by love. We know about faith. We teach about faith. We talk about faith a lot around here because faith is important. Hebrews eleven six. 6, you can't please God without faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. Faith enables us to honor God, please God, and receive from God. Hebrews 6, 12, and Hebrews eleven thirty three. You cannot receive. It's through faith and patience we inherit all that belongs to us. And faith comes from the word, Romans 10, 17. Faith is important, but the driving force of faith is love. It's not only love to people, it's not only a love to God. Let me throw a curve in it. I also believe it's a love from God. Do you know what keeps a lot of people from loving other people? Is they don't love themselves. They don't feel God loves them. And angry people are typically angry. Hurt people hurt other people. And we're trying to force an emotion to help people, trying to empower, increase the effectiveness of what we're doing. But I believe there's a, the secret uh, sauce in that, in that verse is not just that you've got to walk in love and love people, and that's important. But a key to that is begin to discover how much you're loved by God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. How do we experience that love? That love of God is shed abroad, the Bible says, in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Why do we spend time in his presence? Because we get to know him better. And he begins to work on us. Romans 8, 29, we begin to develop the character to become more like Christ. When you begin to experience God's love, and you begin to get it deeper, that we might know the love of God, the Bible says, that nothing can separate you from God's love. The Bible says. Most people mentally know, they're aware that God loves them, but they have no heart revelation to the magnitude of the love of God for each and every one of us. And God cares and loves each and every one of us deeply. He cares about the details. And the greatest details that you are loved. So much that even in your worst situation, even in your mistakes, even in your sin, for God so loved the world. Say, I am loved. We might not be loved by the people we choose and pick to love us. I wish my parents would have loved me differently. I wish I had somebody in my life to encourage to love me. I wish that person would love me. We'd get married. And that can be a disappointment. But one thing you can know, God loves you. Faith works by love. One of, the, one of the things that hinders us from receiving anything from God is we don't think we deserve it because God won't give it to us because he doesn't love us. And we might not put it in those words, but we put it with, well, where I'm at, I know it's not the best, it's not really what the Bible says, but you know what I mean, it, it's good enough. And I want to encourage you today, it doesn't mean in, that you're a bad person. We walk through this through the process of faith and patience. There is a process, but don't stop believing, don't stop receiving, don't stop expecting God to do what only God can do. But I've lived with this uh, arthritis for 80 years. You may be, but maybe on the 81st year, things are about to change why because it doesn't mean God stopped loving you because you didn't get it right if God doesn't love us when we don't get it right then he wouldn't love any of us because we're all still growing but he loves you so much God loves the details so I was this past week quick story I, I was getting my hair done 
And, uh, you know, it's some of the experiences I stories I face in life, they're true, and I, I just wonder if there's a camera. Have you ever had things happen, you wonder if there's a camera on you? <laughs> this has to be scripted. There is no way that this just happened. I get some of the weirdest, well, anyway, so I'm minding my own business. I got this lady cutting my hair, and, and uh, some guy who works there comes up to me and uh, walks by, and he stops and says, Good morning. He goes, you know, I haven't been feeling good, and I took a lot of different flu medicines, hoping something works, and you know when people are in your face talking that way? (laughs) On a side story, this is no no lie. Legit, I had a guy uh, come up to me on a Sunday service at the old old location many years ago and come up, and I... uh, Service going, he's walking in, I'm shaking his hand, good morning, how you doing? And he says to me, I'm shaking his hand, we're close, and I said, how you doing? He goes, oh, pastor, I've been so sick, I've been miserable and pain all week, but I wanted to come to church anyway, running a fever, and I'm like, you have to be a camera on me, why would anybody do that? So this guy, and he's getting a little close, and when people get a little close in my personal space, I know nobody has personal space except for me, but when people you don't really know get in your personal space, the first thing is, mm-hmm. And then he went right into a, for lack of a better phrase, a Jesus moment. You know what those are. Maybe you don't, but you know, I don't know if people figure out I'm a pastor or whatever, and goes, oh, and by the, I just love Jesus. Good for you. Leave me alone. I didn't start the conversation. Somebody, I just love Jesus. Oh, you know, I got issues, but I just love Jesus. And I tell people about Jesus, and I'm thinking in my brain. And it, it goes, and I love the Holy Ghost. Now, when he started talking about the Holy Ghost, I knew something was a little different. He was playing boy. I love the Holy Ghost. I, I'm, okay, now I'm going to zero in in a conversation. I'm going to find out who he is because if you ever deal with people like that, let me give you a little hint. And because some people are just out there talking, you know what I mean? They are just like a kite. <laughs> anyway, some of you figure that out later. So anyway, <laughs> and so uh, he just thought, I just love the Holy Ghost. So I'm, the best way to find where people are at is ask them what church they go to. You wouldn't think that's a difficult question. And then ask them the name of their pastor. You'd be surprised how many people who act super spiritual. And ha- you're like, well, wh- what church you go to? Who's your pastor? And usually they're like, mm, um, mm. We got a new one about five years ago. What was his name? Then you know that this conversation's going nowhere. <laughs> he just stirred up some religious demon just from being in there. So, and so I'm minding my own business. And, uh, and so he started talking, and he's in my face and stuff. And, uh, and to give you all the details, I mean, I'm leaning back there washing my hair, and the guy's in my face. I'm like, what do you do? Where you can go? <laughs> There's a trap here. Someone's, and, and so I said, Where, what church you go to? And he told me the church, and I know the church. It's a good church. It's a Raymond church. It's a word of faith church. And I said, oh, that's... And, I, and he gave me the name, too. So I knew he was, and he goes, yeah. He goes, I've been saved since 1976. He goes, I got issues, but Jesus loves me, and I just love telling people about Jesus. And I said, well, good for you. And he went off to do whatever. And I'm like, well, maybe I, I don't know. And he kept on saying to me, and I need you to be praying for me. Be praying for me. Be praying. I heard you're a pastor. Be praying for me. I'm like, okay, well, I'll be praying for you devil come out of him in the name of Jesus. I don't know what to pray at the time. 
I'm still discovering. I'm still feel like Samson. I'm standing in front of the situation saying, okay, God, what about this one? What's going on here? And so later, about 20 minutes later, obviously I'm at the chair, they're cutting my hair, and uh, he walks by again and says to the person who's cut my hair, I, I don't know why, I feel led to come back. I just want to be in this space. I thought, all right, Jesus. <laughs> this is my day off. What do you mean? <laughs> come on, say daily divine direction. Don't look at me in that spiritual attitude. You've been there too. It's not Sunday already, is it? No. And so I'm like, okay. So I just, he was over there, and I'm like, I'm not going to let him control the conversation. I went into, so how are you feeling? I've been praying for you. Oh, I'm feeling better. And he sat down in the space. And he said, I just love you. I love the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost loves me. And he, he's just one of these individuals that's very flamboyant personalities. I know you don't know anybody in the world that's got a flamboyant personality. And we love people with outgoing personalities. And if you're not an outgoing personality, please don't be an outgoing personality. Be you. Can I get an amen to that? Man, we get things messed up in the church world when we try to copy style. Thank you, they're spiritual. This is just the way that person was. And he, I said, well, why don't you tell me one of your stories? And the lady cut my hair and said, tell him about the coffee house story. And he goes, oh, I got so many, but yeah, I'll tell you the coffee house story. I'm, I'm impressed that you guys are more interested in my crazy stories than me reading the Bible just five minutes ago. But anyway, they're all going... And so he's like, I was going, and he's one of these, because he's going, he's very overly detailed. So I won't go into all the details, but he's like, I love, uh, you know, being a certain pancake house. And he goes, I love their pancakes and uh, Cracker Barrels. And he goes, I just, he's describing all the pancake and why he loves it. And I'm like, move along with the story. Like some of you thinking about me in this message, move along, let's get this thing over with. And he said, I was going to Cracker Barrel, and he said, as I was going to Cracker Barrel, the Holy Spirit told me, don't go in there. Go to this coffee house. Now, not a lot of times when people talk like that, some are legit. Some try to be legit and hope they're legit. Some are just, they just been smoking bad weed, good weed. I don't know what it was. They've been, they just, they changed the law, and they're all flipping high on it. I don't know what's going on. So anyway, <laughs> come on, you were thinking the same thing. And so... And so he said, the Holy Spirit told me, help me, Jesus. The Holy Spirit told me, don't go in there. Go to the coffee house. And he's like, why? I like those pancakes. And he said, the Lord told him, I need you to go in there and tell somebody how important and valuable they are. And he thought, and he had taken a card with him that day, felt impressed too that he has. It says, Jesus is the key. He had it in his back pocket. And so he's like, Lord, I, don't, I want to eat these pancakes. The Lord said, no, I want you to go in that coffee house. And so he said, okay. And he walked in the coffee house and there was nobody in the coffee house. So he sat down and ordered their pancakes and the food came, still nobody. And he's starting to complain in it, between him and God and saying, you got me here. I'm eating pancakes that are not near as good as the restaurant next to me that I wanted to go to to tell somebody they're important. No one's here. Why are you got me? There's nobody here. And as he's complaining to God, uh, this lady and her teenage daughter walked in. And the Lord said, that's the one. Say, God cares about the details. And so he thought, okay. So they sat down at the table and he approached the table. And if you ever had people approach the table on you, it's, it's a very awkward moment, you know what I mean? And, and knowing with this guy's temperament it had to be, I wish I had a camera. But he walked over and said, I'm sorry to bother you. He goes, I love Jesus. I like telling people about Jesus. And the Holy Spirit wanted me to come in here and not to the restaurant I was going for. And he's telling the whole story. And he told me because there's somebody here I need to tell that, they, that God loves them and that they are so important. And he's just expressive even more than what I can be expressive. 
And, he, and I'm trying, but it is what it is. And he said, you know, uh, Jesus wanted me to tell you, the Holy Spirit wanted me to tell you that you, God loves you so much. He loves you both, and you were so important, and God loves you. And he kept going for a while, and he said, he noticed a little tear going down the, the teenager's uh, cheek, but he said the whole time he was talking, she had a hoodie up, and her hands were on the side of her face, and she's looking right at her mom, not even giving him attention. But he just kept at it. Jesus wants you to know, the Holy Spirit wants me to tell you, he called me to come, he told me to come in here to tell you that you are important, that he loves you, and you are, you are of great value. And he said, sorry to bother you, but I, I, and he went back to his seat. And he got back to his table, and the Holy Spirit said, you didn't give him the card. Give him the card. And he said, he thought to himself, I can't give him the card. They already think I'm crazy. If I go back, they might call the police on me. They, they might really think. And he said, but he, the Holy Spirit kept working on him, and he said, he said okay, I'm going to give him the card. He went back up and said, I am so sorry to bother you. I know this is an intrusion, and, but, you know, the Lord told me to give you this card that Jesus is the key, and I just, again, I want to tell you, Jesus loves you. You're both of such great value, and you'll never see me again and have a great life, but I wanted to tell you that, and he left a card, and he went back to the table. A few months go by, and he's at a restaurant. eating with some friends, and he said a lady come up to him and said, hey, aren't you that guy in that coffee house? He said, what? He said, the guy that came up to my table, my daughter's table at a coffee house a few months ago, weren't you that guy? And he said, well, yeah, that was me. And she goes, I want to thank you. You saved my daughter's life. Some of you clapping. I don't know what you're clapping. We haven't got to the end of the story yet. So hang on. Just stay with me. <laughs> you saved my daughter's life. And he goes, what do you mean? How are you talking about? She, go, she goes, I didn't realize my daughter wanted me to go have coffee with her at that coffee house because she at that time was going to tell me she was at the end of living and was tired of living and she was going to commit suicide. And she didn't want me to find out after. Whew. So they came to the coffee house so she could tell her mother that she was getting ready to commit suicide. And God used some crazy flamboyant person to come up and kept telling her, God wants me to tell you, you are a value. You are a value and he loves you. she said, my daughter gave her heart to the Lord, and she is happy, and she's flourishing. What am I telling you? God cares about the details. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be in full-time ministry. You don't have to have everything figured out. All you have to do is be available. Because no matter your style, some people might look at you and overlook you because of your style. Maybe you're too shy and quiet. Maybe you're too loud and flamboyant. But God will use whoever's available because he cares about the details. I want to encourage you today. I'm glad that you're saved. If you're not, we'll give you an opportunity, a few seconds to be saved. But how amazing can it be to wake up in the morning and not have your whole day figured out? Not that you don't do responsibilities and what you have to do. But when you wake up, like David said, all day long I wait. All day long, God, I'm available. You want to use me to, 
give a little child a cup of water. You want to use me to encourage somebody. Even if I don't understand, I want to be available so that you can let people know that you care about the details of their life. I am so thankful for faith that we can inherit, receive all that God has for us that's available to us, and it's beyond what we can imagine or think. But the key of destination and destiny and this life that God's called us to live is not making our lives the pinnacle of the story, the last chapter. Letting God do the amazing in us, but understanding even in the journey to amazing that God wants to use us to be a blessing to somebody. I'm always amazed when we hear stories, even out of the grocery store, of people coming, and we get something that no one expects, what are we going to do with, and it happens to be the detail. One time, they got a big, a, a big supply of a special formula for children. They was like, what are we going to do with that? Only to find out that Sunday, a young couple who didn't have much money but had a preemie, and they had to be on a specific formula, and they had, were at the financial point of either they eat or the baby eats. And they happened to walk to or come to church. And when they came to church and they got in line, they saw the exact formula that they needed. It's not by coincidence. God cares about the details. God cares for you. But he also cares for the people that he, he has run into you throughout the day. Be open for God to use you. Be open for God to use you. God cares about the details. And the, in the details is our daily divine destination. You don't get to the top of the mountain without taking a step. So many times we forget the steps because we're looking to the top of the mountain. Walk it out. But keep in mind, it's not all about ourselves. God wants to use us because you never know. There might be a 14-year-old teenager somewhere on the verge, hopelessly getting ready to throw in the towel because they don't understand. The devil has done a number on them and they are ready to quit and die, commit suicide. But Jesus sends you into their path. And you'll feel tugged to go here or to say this. and Oh, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be. Just be open. You might not get all the right words. You might not say it right. But you know what? The message will get through. And see, God, use you to reach somebody that was about to give it up. I don't think we're, the name of the church, Hope Church, is by accident. I believe we're in a time and a day where people are lacking hope and need hope. They need to know that somebody loves them. They need to know that Jesus loves them, that life can be better, that where they're at in their storm is not the end of the chapter of their life, that greater is he that is in them, that God can do the impossible, and God can bring them out of that pit, whatever that pit is for them. They might try everything the world has to offer and still feel broken and empty. But God can use us. If every ministry only happens on a Sunday service, then we're missing out. God anoints each and every one of you to do something. Well, I'm not in full-time ministry. You don't have to be in full-time ministry. You just have to be willing. You just have to be open. I just got saved. It's, it's still the same for you. You just have to be willing. You have to be. I don't have any formal training. You don't need. Formal training is good, but you know what you need more than formal training? You have to be willing. There's a lot of people who go to Bible school and never do ministry. 
because they thought it was all about the pinnacle of getting the education and they got the knowledge and nothing really changed because why? It's all about being open, being willing for God to use you in the daily divine direction. So if you're here today, this is going to be a little different. And you're like, you know, Pastor, maybe you have never let God use you. Maybe you're, you're regular and God is available. But if you're sitting here today and you're like, Pastor, I, I don't typically let God, I'm, I don't think of God in the rhythm of life like that, but I'm, I'm open to this idea of this, of God caring about the details of my life and also the lives of people around me. And I want God to use me. I want God to use me. If that's you, at the count of three, this is not a salvation call. This is a, I want to take a step into being available, letting God know in front of everybody, I want to be used by you wherever in the routine. You don't have to talk like somebody else. You don't have to be like somebody else. You just be you and let God do what only God can do. If that's you, I want, at the count of three, I want you to stand to your feet at the count of three as a way of saying, I want to stand up. I want God to be available to use me whenever he wants to. If that's you, at the count of three, one, two, three, stand to your feet. Lord, use me. Hallelujah. We are crossing a line today. No more just going to church and coming and going in routine. No more I'm in complete control and I know what I'm expecting and what I'm going to get. But being open for the uncertainties of heaven. Put your hand on your heart. Let me pray one general prayer over everybody. Say, Jesus, I give you everything. Use me as you desire. I make myself available to you, Holy Spirit, in the routine of life. Now, Father, as they prayed that, I thank you for the hand of heaven to come upon their life right now, right where they're at. Father, I thank you right where they're at, right where they're at. Let the hand of heaven, let your anointing rest upon them, not because they feel it emotionally, but because the reality of the truth that you are with us touch them right now. Let your fire, let your anointing rest upon them. That as they leave this place, they are moving into the harvest field. Every day they wake up, they are going into the harvest field. Let our eyes be open. Father, I pray, just like Paul prayed in Ephesians 1, let the, give them the anointing of wisdom and revelation that their eyes would be open to see that God opportunities and give them the desire and the ability to step in and obey. Why? Because we know, not just because we feel, we know you love us so much. We want that love to flow through us, to touch a hurting generation, a dying generation. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Now just take this few seconds and thank the Lord out of your own mouth. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. If you're here today and do not have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm not asking if you know about God. I'm asking, is Jesus real to you in a way that you process, the way you experience, the way you understand? Is Jesus Christ real to you today? If not, he can be. 
with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here and you're like, Pastor, I didn't know. I don't know about first time I'm hearing about the salvation message, the gospel. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus died on the cross for your sins so that you could be free. You could be saved. You can go to heaven. That you can know him. It's the greatest miracle. It's the greatest miracle. Or maybe you heard the the gospel, and maybe at one time you prayed a prayer, but you're not too sure where you're at if you're saved. Or maybe you've allowed stuff to come between you and God, and you know you're not right with God. If any of those three are you, this is your opportunity. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Revelation 3, Jesus said, I knock on the door. If you hear my voice and open up, I'll come in. Romans 10 says, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you are not right with God, this is your moment. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one moving around, this is a holy moment. If you're ready to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I turn to you today. I believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he came to this earth in the flesh, died on a cross for my sins, was buried for me, and on the third day rose again for me. Because I believe that, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, wash me in your blood, forgive me, cleanse me, give me a fresh start. Say, Jesus, I don't want a religion. I want a real relationship with you. So I open up the door of my heart and life, and I surrender to you, and I invite you to come in and be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you, I want to speak a blessing over your life. At the count of three, if you prayed that prayer meant business with God, you know that Jesus answered that prayer. You prayed it, and you know you just got saved. I want to celebrate. I want to rejoice. I want to speak a blessing over your life that God would give you supernatural strength like you've never had it before on the inside. If that's you, at the count of three, I want you to stand to your feet. One, two, three. I prayed that prayer. Who am I talking to? Stand to your feet. Who am I talking to? Stand to your feet. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Come on. Give a hand clap. Hallelujah. 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 Anybody else? Thank you. To my left. God bless you. Anybody else? The devil tried to mess with you and say, you don't need to stand. You pray. That's good enough. There's something about standing up for Jesus that makes a difference. There's somebody, there's somebody else here. Who am I talking to? You prayed that prayer, but you're trying to, you're feeling, you're like, I'm shy. I know. I get it. But there's something. If we can't stand up for Jesus in a house where people will clap, how do we stand up for Jesus in the world? that tries to talk us out of it. Anybody else before I speak a blessing and pray over you? Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Congratulations to each one of you. Lift your hands before the Lord. Church, stretch your hands toward him. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the ones who are standing for, that receive salvation. We thank, thank you, Father God. We curse by the enemy that used tactics against them in the past. We set them free from all of those entanglements of the enemy in the past life. According to your word, they are a brand new creation. They are brand new right now. Forgiven, clean. 
We thank you for your Holy Spirit. And Father, right now I ask you to strengthen them according to Ephesians 3. Strengthen them with might in their inner man by your Holy Spirit. Strengthen them where they'll not bend their knee to temptation or to pressure. Strengthen them, Father God, that they'll be who you called them to be and do what you called them to do. And we thank you for that and we give you praise. And everyone said, God bless you. God bless you. You may be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.